What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's Renegade Culture. Renegade Culture's in the building. Yo. What's poppin'? Everything's going well with me. How you doing, my man? Man, I'm feeling dashing. Look at me. Ha. Well, you yeah. don't. Yeah, well, that's feel like it. Feel like I look. Uh, no, well, I mean? That's not. Straight I'm, out of Bridgeport. I'm glad y'all can't see that thing. Because that's like, you know, that's not Whatever. the present look. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Stunning. Nope. Fabulous, marvelous, all that. Yeah, yo, he's working on like two hours sleep in the last I like forty eight hours. Y'all gonna have to forgive last him already. Thirty six hours, mm-hmm. um, and I'm here. I wasn't gonna show up. I was gonna pull a no show like oh, my yeah, co-hosts yeah. usually pull every <laughs> other week. You know what I'm saying? I got family obligations. Oh yeah, family obligations. You know what I'm saying? He's here with all the big names here. That's right. Yo, you we got a I mean? full house tonight. We do. Renegade culture. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So we're we gonna get into the bio in a second, but we got people. Our folks on the partnership from Southern Equity in the house tonight. We okay. got Nathaniel Smith. Nathaniel we got Smith. Andre Legister. Am I pronouncing that right? Because I was gonna, I was gonna mess that up. I did good. All right. You notice he got his got his knuckles balled up. Like, <laughs> like, 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 in case you say my name, don't mess say, up my name. Say Legister wrong. <laughs> and I know I'm gonna mess up my man's name. Cause I would, say, say it for me. Quay Royal. Quay, you get the mic. You gotta, you gotta talk in that mic right there, man. Quay Royal. Quay, Quay Royal. It's like a drink. Quay, Quay, Quay Royal, man. Quay, like, Royal. All right. you, he ain't from Atlanta. I, no, I'm from he, Brooklyn, B. That's yeah. like, it's not like. <laughs> he claimed he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, Connecticut. Nobody I know. I'm from Bridgeport, Connecticut. We all are. Uh, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Yo, and look, look, we got back in the studio after like a nine months. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know where he been, man. Special guest. Been out on the street. Straight out the yard. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Flaming. World tour. Doing this thing. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. Lightening up. I meant lighten up. Light 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 up. Rewind selector. Light it up. Anyway. But anyway. My man is in the house. Loose is in the building. Yo. Yes. Also. The one and only. Nonstop. Number 10 on the top 10 DJ list. Number 10 on the top 10 DJ list. He's number 10 in the building. We ain't even got no DJs in the building. It's just him. He's still number 10. He's the last and he's the least. The least, last, our favorite DJ. He's got to find out the on button and make sure the show is recording properly. <laughs> Good God Almighty, I think he oh, found it. Fact, no. oh. Oh. Anyway, we got my man, the ear doctor. The ear doctor, knock up, knock up. Yes, and we got some other, we got we got a, got a studio audience. We have, uh, know. you know, my man, uh, Nathaniel Smith, he came through deep. He, he was like, deep. I was on a panel with you last time, mm-hmm. and I know how y'all cats get down. That's right. He, he got the shoot over here, Quake Quay Royal. Uh-huh. Quay, hey, yo, my man lean into the mic, Quake Royal. <laughs> then you got my man Andre over here, he's like, look, man, I don't play. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I quit school because they had, re- had recess. Oh, and the sister's no. on the couch over there. What's the sister's name on the couch? I think one of them got a Tommy gun. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sis, what's your name? What's your name? Andrea. We got Andrea. Andrea. We got Andrea and Andrea. Y'all related? No. no. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> and and, and we Rhonda. got Rhonda in the house. Yes. Rhonda's the personal assistant. Help me, Rhonda. Yes. That's yes. true. She, 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 she saves me from myself. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's, man, that was, man, On that many was, occasions. That was man. really. Oh, that's sweet. Right that's sweet. Yeah, I know, yeah. yo. Oh, this guy right here. We love you. We love you. He's like the new Jay Z. I know. Yo, he's big on the block. This is our come up show. It's a come up show? It's a come up show. We got people who are important. Not only in the streets. Our last guests weren't important. But they're all right. I love them. But they're all right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We got people who are important not only in the streets, but they're important in the boardrooms. Okay. They're important in the government offices. The to the block. They're important in the policy offices. Okay. They're important all over. No matter where you go, not only in Atlanta, but in the South, people know about partnership with Southern Equity. Well, that must mean uh-huh. that these brothers right here, they serious with this. They about that life. That's right. So we're going to make it happen in a minute. We're going to take this little quick mm-hmm. brizzy. 
Um, we're gonna introduce the guests when we come back. That's uh, right. We're gonna do a properly. reintroduce them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they gonna loosen up because they they over here they don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Some of them they listen to the show, so they don't know. They like man, <laughs> how the hell you going? booked this? Who the hell booked this show? Yeah, man. they thought they was coming to see Tavis Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> you know they thought they was coming to see Steve Harvey. Somebody <laughs> gonna lose a job tonight. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> said, Somebody gonna need a job. Oh. They leave here. Renegade coach up. We in the building. Renegade coaches in the building. Yo, we back, back, back. Oh, man. And we black, black, black. Oh, man. We're going to teach you the theme song at some point. Um, the probably theme not. Songs. I don't think they want to know the theme song. Hater. I don't even want to know the theme hater, song. Man. In you fact, I don't even know when I agreed that it was a theme song. <laughs> oh, we don't need <laughs> your agreement, son. I see. I'm outvoted. Be my man, be my man, my man, ear doctor. We made that happen, yo. We made that happen. <laughs> see, man. Listen, man. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. Before, see, we, this, before we finish up, we're going to do the theme song. I have to song, smoke me a drink when I come in. I will worry about that. Be upset. Anyway. Get some equity on the table, yo. Some equity. All right. It's a good word. Let me start off with introducing, I don't want to, like, I don't call him our main guest, but he was the guest that we booked, and he brought, like, 12 people with him. Like, so like, like the yeah. Wu-Tang clan. Like Wu-Tang so you, were, you invited right. the RZA, they brought eight. He ain't brought eight. Ain't nobody to, from Southern Equity, ain't nobody to fuck with. You can't make that rock. Right. P.S.E. ain't nothing fuck with. That's yeah, that sounds pretty good. That might be a new theme song. I, I don't think know. So. My man Andre's like, that sounds good as, for as, him. As, as our communications <laughs> person, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, wait a yeah. minute, that's not his actual. I'm going to get, wait a minute. Let me do your brief intro. Because I first, I got the bio, and it was, like, three pages. So I'm not reading all that. No, This is too much. But. It's a, my brother is a native of Atlanta, Georgia. He okay. owns a Bachelor of Arts degree in Urban Studies from Morehouse. Morehouse He's a Morehouse house. man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's that school you went to? Brown. Oh, yeah, not yeah, that school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no. Uh, his school closed down. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's <laughs> coming back. Now. It's coming back. It's coming That's back. Thank you, thank yeah. you. you buying it? Don't encourage it. I hope so. Don't encourage so. it. Nathaniel yeah. received his Master's of Science degree from the Robert J. Milano School of Management and Urban Policy at the New School. I know the New School well, New York. Um, the brother serves as the founder and chief equity officer for Partnership with Southern Equity. The partnership pushes for policies and actions that promotes balanced growth and inclusive prosperity in metropolitan Atlanta and beyond. I'm going to leave it at that. Welcome, my man, Nathaniel Thank Smith. Let me get a little round of applause. It's great, 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 great to be here. Um, you are two brothers that I definitely admire and appreciate in terms of the work that you're doing off of the grid. Um, you know, a lot of times people uh, feel like one of the, um, I guess, attributes of servanthood is that you, people are supposed to know what you're doing. 
but real servants don't care mm-hmm. whether they get visibility or not. And um, and I appreciate what you all are doing, especially with young people. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really important what you all are doing. So, see, Dave Smith, you know, he he. <clears throat> Delivered it so well. I mean, I, I was touched. That was smooth. That was smooth. I'm like, damn, I feel like I'm somebody. Uh, that was smooth. <laughs> that was like that. Anyway, I, I was on a panel with this brother and a couple other Kamal's uh, cohorts. You know what I'm saying? And they, they was real rough. I mean, I'm just telling you, it was, it was, yeah, man, y'all was hardcore, man. Yeah. What was that? The, uh, what was the name of that panel? Uh, I don't remember. So long ago. Like, brothers talking about. No, it was say the Atlanta, the Atlanta, it was. It's Atlanta Black Star sponsored. Atlanta Black Star. And it's like brothers, like, going to work it out kind of thing. Yeah, finding a, a new way and yeah, organizing. Yeah, somebody Atlanta. But I thought it was about, like, Atlanta. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, something I about think it's a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brother's gonna work it out. He thinks about a Spike Lee movie. But anyway, oh, no, man. the thing you definitely, uh, you know, you delivered some excellent points, and I don't know if I got to tell, get, yeah. had a chance to tell you that. Oh, but, uh, man. Appreciate glad you that. Appreciate that. People man. don't know that. People think you know the, those who know that brother, they see him in a suit, you mm-hmm. know, looking like a young Dr. King sometimes. <laughs> right. Like they are like, oh, he's fancy. But when you talk to that brother one on one, you know, he's like down. He knows stuff. And you know he knows stuff, yeah. and he knows how to work things out. But before we get into the deeper discussion, we also have Andre, who is the communication catalyst. Hold it, hold it, hold it. That's his, that's his title. Did you say the man is the communication catalyst? The catalyst of communication. Catalyst. That means he set it off. That's true. Boy, catalyst. He's <laughs> yeah. making change. What you, what you do in your role, man? Um, the I would say storyteller, storyteller mm-hmm. of the of the team, and of course manage social media, the website, anything that puts us um, that puts our name out there mm-hmm. um, and also to make sure that we have systems in place in order to to do that so my job every day is I mean of course trying to follow Nathaniel and make sure that I capture his words and make sure that we're telling the story of the equity movement throughout Atlanta and the American South so it can be a pretty daunting job but telling that story needs to be told mm-hmm. because the what is it the people perish for lack of knowledge mm-hmm. so the more that we don't learn the more that we don't know the less we're able to actually thrive so my job is really to help people to thrive through um, through communications and storytelling that was good that was awesome, excellent man. work right yeah, there yeah we got a couple storytellers yeah I know. <clears throat> we have a couple storytellers in our organization we just call them liars but yeah, yeah you do it PR lawyer lawyer they're kind of close to each other boy Anyway, <laughs> and we got finally my man Clay Royal. Clay Royal. That's one I'm Clay. Because I'm gonna mess it up again. Nah, so I'm pausing now. No, you, you know, Quay you gave me a sleeve, look. Bro. Yeah, you Quay gave me a look. It's off. Nah, it's off mic. I said Quay Quay. He didn't like that. Nah, he's like, nah, that's not my name. You say it all, Mike. Not my name. He is the Just Opportunity Program Associate. And tell us what you do at the organization. Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm part of the Just Opportunity Portfolio. We have like five different sectors: just, just health, just growth just energy and just opportunity. Just opportunity is around economic inclusion. Um, I've been spearheading a lot of those efforts around uh, our economic inclusion sector, along with a lot of narrative change work. And also uh, been spearheading this uh, Just Opportunity Summit that we have coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's on the June 20th on the 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're connecting a lot of people that are from anchor institutions, people from the city, a lot of people that are on the community level. And we're connecting them together to kind of have some actionable results that are going to come from this. Um, mm-hmm. Just to foster a lot of 
a lot of uh, a better relationships, a lot of a lot of better relationships, and also foster greater economic inclusion just in Atlanta mm-hmm. and the great and the greater Atlanta region and just in the South in general. So let's start. Let's get in. Let's talk a little bit more about the Just Opportunity Summit because y- you guys just mentioned that it's coming up June twentieth and twenty first. Yes. Um, and it's going to be at the Shirley Macy Executive Conference Center at Morehouse College. Am I correct on that? that? That's absolutely. So right. why don't y'all tell us a little bit more about what's supposed to happen at the Just Opportunity Summit? How people can attend mm-hmm. and what it is that people are going to get out of the summit when it's happening. Well, I, I tell you, we're, we're really excited, uh, Kamal, that, you know, the community will be coming together um, to have a, a serious conversation about our, the current state of our economy and even more important, how can we create an economy that actually looks at everyone as an asset and no one as a liability, um, an economy that is not built on extreme extraction. Um, an economy that is regenerative, um, an economy that looks at everyone um, as a key component to creating a more, not just an economy that's built on profit, Mm -hmm. but an economy that's centered by the people. And and so we're having a summit um, at Morehouse College where we will bring together, you know, local and national partners Um, to begin the process of first kind of thinking through what a transformational system around economic inclusion can look like for the American South, and even more important, how can we come together collectively to act in a way that will not only put the powers that be on notice now that the economy that we're currently dealing with is not working for the majority of folks in our communities but that we're not going to take it anymore and that that we're going to find a way to move forward and advance um, this agenda whether they like it or not Mm -hmm. you know how how difficult is it um, your line of work um, under this present administration what's current administration Uh, so are you saying local national local and national well, of course, we know that, you know, in dealing with um, the current presidential administration, an administration that has built its wealth um, off of the exploitation of communities of color, um, a administration whose fundamental values proposition is built on white supremacy, um, whose uh, administration uh, an administration that has no clear understanding what it means to be a servant leader um, or to have empathy right. for people um, that, you know, a any type of movement that believes that true change has to start first with love and inclusion would not fare well within the context of their worldview. Um, I will say um, unequivocally, though, on a local level, um, even though the current administration is has been somewhat slow in terms of advancing its agenda, it's definitely better than what we had before mm-hmm. with the Kasim Reed administration, and 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 we are trying our best to um, advance the work not only from the outside but really try to create opportunities for us to support the policymakers that make want to do good but may not necessarily understand what that looks like in real time in terms of policy and also in terms of assessing impacts associated with their decision making so it's 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 that piece of really trying to walk that tightrope of being an organization or institution that is really working to advance unapologetically a racial equity agenda but at the same time creating enough space 
for people to redeem themselves and become a part of something that is bigger than them. So, so it's, it, 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 it can be really, this work can be extremely complicated um, because the stakes are high. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think that people fully, really, fully understand how high the stakes are right now in our nation and in particular in the city of Atlanta. I mean, the closest thing that we have to Wakanda is Atlanta mm -hmm. um, in real time. You know, Atlanta is one of the few places where political influence actually had an opportunity to translate itself into economic power. Mm -hmm. No other city in the country where black political power translated itself to economic power outside of government. Mm -hmm. So we've got to preserve that and do what we can to advance um, and, and, and maintain, but also continue to transform that um, agenda into something real, right, and not just a fairy tale. Um, and so that that is really the work. Hopefully, that the Just Opportunity Summit will elevate, and and um, we really hope that you all will, will come. Oh yeah. And I think even more important, I was about to say, Andre, even if there's an opportunity for y'all to do uh, some type of live simulcast there, I think that would be great for for your constituents and to give you a chance to kind of maybe quickly right. interview some of the folks that are coming through because we have some pretty pretty strong people. We um, just coming. We just got that invite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're gonna be there. <laughs> you know Open the plenary. Usually we get uninvited. We no. actually got invited. No. So, uh, before, let me ask you because you said something important there about what Atlanta means or has meant for the larger Black community in the United States. So this is a sort of a provocative question: Are we too late? Is Atlanta at a stage where, over the last, let's say, 30 years of Black leadership action in Atlanta? Um, even though there's been some economic advancement, particularly for elites, um, the, the population of Atlanta, the black population of Atlanta is going down. Social mobility, I think, is like at its it, it is like the worst in the country, if, if I remember correctly, in terms of black folks in Atlanta. You know, gentrification is taking place in Atlanta. What makes us think that Atlanta is still salvageable in terms of? a place that's still considered a black mecca and that where equity can be won. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll give you both a, a metaphysical and physical answer to your question. Number one, as long as God exists, we always have hope, right? There's always an opportunity to transform community if God is in it, you know, within the context mm -hmm. of the work. And we are, I believe, divine people. So it, there's always an opportunity for us to move that work. Um, can you imagine what folks in Mississippi had to go through in the 40s mm -hmm. with sharecroppers. Can you imagine what slaves had to go through? So the challenges that we're going through in Atlanta are minuscule in relation to the challenges and the struggles that Africans have had to go through in America since we've been here. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the, that's the, that's the metaphysical um, answer. The physical answer is it boils down to many things. One is that we're still 52% of the population and we know that one of the primary reasons why we were able to translate that into real tangible change was through the political process, right? And so we still, from a political perspective, have a certain level of influence as black folks around policy making, right? So I think that there's an opportunity to really begin to push policies like mandatory inclusionary zoning ordinances where that will require developers to allocate a certain percentage of their units to affordable housing or to push procurement, equitable procurement policies where any type of contract that comes out of the city, a certain percentage of those contracts should go to black businesses, right? Or many, many, or, 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 or a community land trust where we can find ways to begin to hold on to as much of the land as we can and begin the process of either cultivating 
it or building affordable housing on it. The, the, the real key, though, is with all of the possibilities that we have, are we going to be courageous enough to step away from the chicken dinners, to step away from the country clubs and say it is not about us and that we have to preserve and Atlanta, not just for us, but for the legacy residents mm -hmm. who have made this city what it is. And is it fair and right for people to be in a position where where they are to actually be subsidizing their own displacement? That's not that's not the way it's supposed to work. So we've got to work together to advance a new. Uh, and I don't I don't you know, the Atlanta way, in my opinion, needs to be a new Atlanta way. And, and it has to be centered in racial equity for me. So. Cool. We, we're going to uh, come back. we got to pay the piper real quick. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Nathaniel Smith and, and, and the gang. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like cool uh, in the game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to be Robert Bell. <laughs> talking to Partnership with Southern Equity. We're going to be back in a few ticks. I know some of y'all listening like, man, these guys sound serious tonight. Mm -hmm. We always serious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got Nathaniel Smith in the building. True that. He came with a metaphysical answer. He <laughs> said... Right. I'll crack you in the head with a book of Proverbs. <laughs> anyway, we'll be, we'll be right back at you. Ready to Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. It's Chitlin Circle 1.5. I go by the name Fontega Fonte. Got a couple names. My partner, rapper, rapper, big poo poo. He got a couple names too. Ninth one, the ninth one, draw. He got a couple names. Ill mind on the track. We're going to get it going. Let me slide into it. Check it out, little brother. Uh, check to the low up in your body, so flagrant. Bitch, my love sign reads no vacancy. You might as well consider yourself vagrant. This is for those that said we wouldn't make it and didn't understand how far that we would take it. Sitting back thinking in amazement, trying to figure out where their days went. That's why me and Pooh stick to the basics. Young and just face it, the game need a facelift. Some things rearrange, sign the shape shift. Cut and paste this. There's some cotton mouth niggas who should taste this. I'm Terry Tate on the mic, come face this Got the gall in your truck like a U-Haul Me and Tay do, y'all uh, You don't want it on the mic, nigga, screw y'all Come on, uh, come on, uh, come on These cats are like stunt doubles. Beanie Man and <laughs> Yo Scott. Anyway, Renegade Coaches in What? You're about to do the song. Let's just do it. No. Yo, you want to do it, right? No. Yo, so this is the theme song for Renegade Coaches. No, Yo, we not. do it all the time. Yes, no, it is. Not. Son, chill, oh. chill. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. The R, <laughs> the E, the N, the E, the G, the A, the D, the E. It's Renegade. I'm not going to say that, but one of them is spelling wrong over there. Word up! The R, the E, they over here. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got to look at this. The, the, R, the, the Education system. That's the E, brother. Morris Brown. Morris <laughs> Brown. I'm just saying. Morris Brown up in the house. Yeah. Stop, man. My bad. Let's Lin, scrap that as a deal, man. Hey, hey, you see, man. Respect. Hey, you see, man. I respect, like, yo, I respect two or three. Two out of three. I ain't bad up in that circle, yo. Two out of three. You know what I'm saying? I hate you, man. Listen, man. Dude, ain't, I don't really think he went to Morris Brown. I think he was talking about Morris the Cat. Yeah, I know. I think <laughs> yeah, he walked around Morris, Morris Brown a couple yeah, times. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of thing, with the man. band rehearsal. But anyway. <laughs> Yo, we back? Yes. Renegade Coach in the building. We're here with Partnership for Southern Equity. Southern Equity. My man Nathaniel Quay and Andre up in yes. the house. My yeah. man Dre. You don't know, Andre, right? Yeah, Dre's cool? Perfect. All right, cool. He, he said, I'm going to let you call me Dre today. I know, yo. I know. You don't like that. When you see me out the streets, I'm like, pardon me. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My, my, my communications man is real quick with his. I like that. Dude's out of him or a hall. 
in anything he that he said so far. I know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why he does what he does. Listen, he got that job, though. I like that. I like that. Anyway. What's up? Forget, forget what come out. Oh, my bad. We, gonna, we want to talk equity, man. I mean, it's uh, a lot of talk about equity. I know. Everybody's using the word equity Equity's these a days. new word. Yeah, it's it's like, a buzzword for folks. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's funny. It's one of those, uh, one of those uh, words that are just out there right yeah now. it can you know be I mean? it, it can mean a lot and it can mean nothing at all the way at the same damn time right and because i hear a lot of people talking about equity i'm like dude you homeless but anyway <laughs> <laughs> you owe me money tell me, you, tell me how much equity you got <laughs> but anyway let, let's let's talk equity when you guys what? when you guys came up with the name or the southern wait, uh, wait, wait, with Southern yeah, equity yeah um and i know it's been a while i mean equity was not something that was kicked around it was around not discussed circles. at all yeah in atlanta so what does it mean for, what does equity mean for you and how do you keep that word meaning something real as opposed to being something that just becomes a sort of nonprofit Trend. slogan and right. stuff like that? Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, because y'all are my brothers, I'm going to probably get a little bit deeper than 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 most of my interviews because I'm comfortable and why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the primary, um, you know, definition that we use for equity is just and fair inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, if you hold equity and equality side by side, of course, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. So when we talk a great deal about equity, equality, we're, we're talking about parity, right? If we took our those two bottles of water that are in front of me now and they're both filled exactly the same, I gave one to you, Kamal, and I held on to one that's equality, mm-hmm. right? But if I drank a bottle of water an hour ago and you drank a bottle of water a day ago, mm-hmm. Being equal won't be enough to sustain you, mm-hmm. right? So how do we begin the process of creating an environment, whether it be through policy or whether it be through engagement, with all people get what they need in order to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and really reach towards their full potential. Um, it's almost like wearing a size shoe too small, even though everybody in the room sh- is saying that you should be happy with a pair of shoes. You, got, yeah, yeah, you know, right. it's about making sure you have the size shoe that you need in order to move forward. So so, so that is kind of the organizational perspective as relates to the definition of equity for us as an organization that we work to advance that. For me personally, mm-hmm. my definition of equity connects more with ancient African tradition and in particular ancient Kemet and the idea of Ma'at, mm-hmm. right? So Ma'at's focus is on truth, justice, and righteousness. Those are the three pillars of Ma'at's responsibility and the role of Ma'at in ancient Kemet religion was to not create exclusively justice but see justice through the lens of balance, mm-hmm. right? It's about balance, <clears throat> right? And evil is chaos, Right. So for us, the equity agenda is not something from me, from my perspective, that we read in a Western book. And that is what is driving me to do this work. It is directly connected to ancient African traditions and the belief in Ma'at and the realization of Ma'at through our actions, not just for the sake of doing it, but to create balance in Mm -hmm. our communities. Mm -hmm. What's cool about that is that, I mean, when you speak about sort of blackness and being African, um, I think a lot of folks in your position who've reached, and to be honest, like you've reached a certain level Mm -hmm. in terms of the work that you do, they try to stay away from that kind of stuff. They also try to stay away from things like talking about a black urban agenda. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that you guys try not to stay away from. Mm -hmm. 
Um, because that's something like, you know, again, in terms of the non-profitization of the sort of the struggle around black folks, we either are lumped into a larger sort of people of color thinking, um, and we no longer talk about, I mean, I think Ryan Daniels and Jesse Jackson 30 years ago used to talk about uh, a black Marshall plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have black politicians, like right before the Obama era, started saying, what is a black agenda? I don't right. know what that is. It's an American agenda, right? They don't right. want to talk about right. blackness or single out what we as a people may need. So why don't you talk, talk a little bit to us about what for you is a black urban agenda that gets us equity and or that gets us power? Well, well for me, you know, and, and, I, and I speak in analogies, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong if you have a gunshot in your leg, um, you're not going to focus on trying to heal your whole body. You're going to try to focus on healing that gunshot wound or you're going to bleed to death, right? So a black urban agenda is not necessarily about negating the health of the entire body. It's that there's a level of urgency around healing one aspect of our communities. And that happens to be at this particular point because of the historic inequities that we face in America, the black community. Also, I think it's very important for us to to continue to push the, the, the idea and the understanding that black in itself is a political construct. Right. That it that is not just about the hue of our skin, but it's politics. Right. It is a it is a commitment and a belief that that people who have uh, from indigenous lands and people of African descent have been disproportionately hurt by the economic system that we're experiencing today. And it has manifested itself in many, many ways, whether it be global, rural, suburban or urban. So a black urban agenda meets the challenges that we face in urban America at the heart of the matter, which is the effects that policymaking in our economy have 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 made on black folks in urban areas. That is where we are. That is where what we have worked to build up through our taxes. That is the place where we are being marginalized. And so if we are going to change America, Right. Like my personal belief that in order to change the nation, we have to change the South. Right. But if we even want to go even further, if we want to create opportunity for all, we have to create opportunity for black folks. You know, and that and that is the way that is the way and that is the importance of a a black urban agenda. So when we talk about racial equity is is looking at policies, developing policies through a lens of understanding race as a political construct. And how can we begin the process of, of acknowledging the disparities that we have in in community and beginning to build policies around those disparities versus saying we're all being hit the same way by these inequities when we know for a fact that is not the case. Why, why do you feel that um, black folks in particular are often the main uh, rally criers for um, when they talk about equality, they want to, uh, it means more about more inclusion more or less, mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, opposed to, you know, for instance, uh, if you say black lives matter, well, all lives matter. You know what I'm saying? If you say, uh, you know, black folks are starving, well, all people are starving. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's a, I don't know, do you see it as some type of uh, uh, brainwash type uh, situation where? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, I mean, I, I think that, <clears throat> and we've talked about this in the past, one of the most ardent advocates and 
projectors of structural racism have been black folks. Um, We can see that in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. right, with the development of of specific policies that hurt poor black people in this city for decades. Mm -hmm. Policies like Hope Six, policies like the homeless policy during the 96 Olympics, where the administration gave homeless people one-way tickets out of the city of Mm -hmm. Atlanta. Um, the, the statistics are showing us, right, that there is an undercurrent of, from a global perspective, what we call neocolonialism, right, embedded in some of our elected officials. Because how can you, how can as a city, we have 40 years of, of, of black mayors and a poor child in this city only has a 5% chance to rise out of poverty? Mm-hmm. How can we have black leadership in this city, right, and be number one for the third year in a row for income inequality, right? So so, so, so it, it is a deeper, and I appreciate you asking that question, and, and it not only relates to the psychology of structural racism, but it also plays out within the context of trauma. I'm glad you utilized right. the word neocolonial because right. of the fact that um, that's something that we're not hearing uh, when we talk about economics and we talk right. about equity, uh, neocolonialism is a word that's so foreign and it's almost uh, taboo because folks look at it as if yeah. it's just some type of, you know, like, oh, you know, here's the race thing. Yeah. And, 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 and yes, we're in Atlanta. It's the quote unquote black Mecca. But at the same time, it's a systemic, it's a system issue. You know what I mean? We're talking about really it doesn't even matter who's in office here because of the fact that it's a script that they're going about going mm-hmm. by. And it's an unfortunate thing. Great, right. jump in, yeah. And I, and I just wanted to piggyback on what he said. Um, the the classism play. I, I look at classism as um. I look at classism as uh, racism's big cousin, uh, older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, in Atlanta, we deal with a lot of that. A lot of people that are in position to make change, they speak on our communities as them, right. they. Right. Those, those words have to cease to exist. And two, the people that are in place, I think partnership for Southern Equities world is the accountability piece. What's your track record of song? Uh, what have you said that you're going to do that you haven't do? What are you talking about doing? Uh, we're going to be on you. You know, for, for lack of better words, we're going to be on your ass about it. You know, and, 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 and I think that's the way we, we're moving towards in, to, in terms of this summit that we come, that's coming up, having these people in the room that are in place to actually make change. People who are think addressing the problem is just simply addressing it. Or we can acknowledge the problem. No, what are you going to do? What's right. going to happen after this? What's going to happen after this summer? What's going to happen five years from now? What's going to happen ten years from now? And we can't constantly have these words thrown around like them, they, those group of people, or those communities. These are our communities, and we have to fight for them. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, you know, and again, because I'm with y'all, we can have this conversation. You know, when you talk about neo-colonialism, the, the, the main heart of that discussion is really about empire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Empire. And empire transcends a local jurisdiction. It, it is it, it is something that we've had to deal with from a global perspective for a long time now. Right. And so even with the context of how structural racism manifests itself in the American South, even though it is a it is a, it is a more insidious and more de, um, barbarous strain, mm-hmm. it's still connected to empire. Mm-hmm. So so we've got to understand that. But we also have to, and this is why in our racial equity work, we also try our best to make sure that our white allies understand right 
that they are the victims of structural racism as well. And so, like, for example, the work that we're doing in rural Georgia. Mm. I mean, there are towns where we're doing health equity work and doing organizing work around racial equity in rural Georgia that have no people of color. Yeah. But we're still able to have a conversation about structural racism because we help them to understand that is a political construct. And the greatest difference, brothers, between equity and equality is history. And so how do we leverage history as a way for people to connect to something bigger than themselves? Yeah. Yes. No, that was good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. See? Listen, I get slaves are running the plantation. I get the is, best guess. I don't know who right you be now. getting on. I don't know who you I'm be sorry? getting on. I'm sorry? Oh, oh, you want me to go down the list of folks? Oh, oh my bad. That's it. No. 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that now. Speech from Arrested Development. That was my guess. Speech was my. Speech put me on, yo. Speech put me on. All right. Oh, wait a minute. We got a bold question. Yeah, so we're going to introduce y'all to some nonsense. This is called Naka's Nonsense. We do at the end of the segment. We have a bold question from the brother who. Almost graduated from West Brown. <laughs> yes, um, I think. Who graduated with an African Studies degree? Thank you. Wow! Yeah, this the, guy right here. The last one ever gave out best nothing. He makes that statement often, and I don't. Yeah, I never I seen, seen that. Proof. I never seen that. African American, the African African Studies. Okay, oh, yeah, African. Yeah, quite. Quite. Don't confuse. Wait, don't confuse. Somebody got shot. Ask me. <laughs> you know, I ain't leave you asking ask questions. What, what's your degree? <laughs> 98 degrees. Last week was European study. Every week is something new. All right, so let me pick out a question here. My man, come up with these questions so you never know what you're going to get. All right. No telling. All right, so I'm going to do... Is it in English this time? It's, it's kind of. I'm, it's kind of. I'm uh, Okay. Okay. How many coins would the, you... The, I got thirty dollars. You got twenty. Worse, if two trains corn. meet, then <laughs> um, do they I, blow I, I, up? I'm horrible at it. I'm horrible at those um, you know, right. questions anyway. Go up and be like, "Would you encourage a child?" Here's the question. I'm not. I'm, we may not use this. This sounds stupid. Like, would, would you, you encourage a child to grow up and be a billionaire like Jay Z? Would I encourage uh, my would child? I encourage to, my child to be like Jay Z? That's kind of a dumb question. I don't yeah. want to use that. That's, we, that's I mean, I mean, we got another one. We got another one. I think it's a good question. You can rock with that. You can rock with that. I mean, I can't, but it's it's not. Look at the look of my man. My man's face, though. He's look. He's like perplexed, but he's like. No, it's it's a tough question. You know, it's it's. I mean, just in just. No, no, Don't answer it now. All right, wait a minute. All right, all right. We're gonna ride with that. My man got an answer for it. Yeah, you got an answer for that. We're gonna come back. All right, we're gonna come back. Renegade coaching. Yes. Never been so high to get on a plane and see planes go by. High enough to see the angels fly. Now that we back in the game, these lames gon' die. Like the Mars rover or the weight on your shoulder. The hell down with the weight of a boulder. Whether a drug dealer baking a soda or a revolutionary soldier. We here for you, yo. The waiting is over cause we lifting up. Up the ground, take you up in the clouds, floating on the notes and tones until the conversation drip from my brow. We disappear in the crowd till I'm surrounded with sounds. Count it down and we lifting off. Five bone used to split the coast. Roll it up, take a hit and cough. Relax, keep beefing like fifth of roast. We make it dance like a wrist and coat. Take them high, we lifting off. Light it up, take the blade, divide it up. It's not enough, grab your arms and tie them up. Go further, hit the pipe and fire up. They like rush when they lift. What's happening? Renegade coaches in the building. We back. We here and we having a, a, a serious convo about show me the money. You know what I mean? We getting to it, mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful thing because of the fact that not often are we talking to folks who are knowledgeable about our history and culture mm-hmm. and infusing it. 
in everyday life. And it's yeah. important because of the fact that, unfortunately, many of us have been trained to uh, turn off your blackness, you know, in order to maneuver in this society. And it, it's ironic because of the fact that everybody want to be us but us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we got to dumb it down. We got to, mm -hmm. you know, get a little bit lighter mm -hmm. in order to... Uh, you know, be on the right side of things. We feel. And I, I would say that, and that's really one of the pluses, I believe, of a Trump administration. Yes. Um, is that I think he's giving people permission now to be authentic. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And and it's and it's our responsibility to be authentic um, and not be afraid. Yeah. So it's like we went from a strawberry daiquiri with Obama to uh, 190 proof. You know Mr. I mean? Mr. Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A <laughs> uh, fifth of Mr. Boston. Mr. 151. Wow. No ice. Wow. No. Yeah. All right, Joey, man, let's, let's finish up this question that yes. Naka so diligently. Yeah, flashbacks to a wild yeah. turkey over there. I know, wow, man. Back in Calm his, down, brother. It's more brown days. Would you encourage a child to grow up to be a billionaire like Jay-Z? So would you want your child to be? Let's start around. We're going we're gonna to go from the left because... Uh, uh, the communications director, excuse me, communications catalyst. 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 Get it right. He ain't been catalyst. Yeah, yeah. He ain't been catalyst. Won't you catalyst on that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I would tell my I would tell my my two year old daughter that she can be she, that she can be whatever she wants to be. If she wants to be a billionaire like Jay Z, understand that the life that he leads is not necessarily your life. The money that he's making, you don't know what's actually come with that. So I encourage you to be who God has called you to be, who your mother and I have raised you to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, having examples like Jay-Z to be, to be a billionaire and a black man is, that's, it's, it's weird. It's like, I wouldn't see it as something to shoot for, but it's an inspiration to say, we are more than just, just a rapper. We are more than just somebody who's gonna shuck and jive and dribble a basketball or throw a football. That we can be somebody who is about power and respect and uh, family and still make and still make their money. So it's there. There you're, you're gonna have a couple of camps who are gonna th think differently about it. But um, um, I told that line of he's an example and you know shoot for what you have been called to shoot for. Okay. All right. All right. What you gonna do, Quack? Quake, Quake, talk about Migos. Nah, nah. Like Jay Z, that's old school. Like, I don't know about Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Like Lil Wayne. Like 55 years old. Lil Wayne, old to him. Lil Wayne, old to him. Like, dude, the rainbow hair. Nah, oh, no. Nah, but to be quite honest with you, when I think about Jay Z, I think about his journey. I resonate with his journey to a billion dollars more or less than. Is this rapper to like he came from the trenches? He came mm -hmm. from Marcy Projects. He came from Hushman. You know? He didn't even make it until rap game until he was twenty seven years old. I'm twenty six. Mm -hmm. You know, um. So would I want my son to grow up and aspire to be like a Jay Z? Yes, but no. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like being that someone that kind of comes from the street, have a street background. If I raise another street dude, I failed as a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so um. So that being said, um, I want you to look at Jay Z as something that is attainable. For me, from what from my culture, that's that's like Obama of the hood. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. So I I would rather uplift his story and um, his journey as inspiration more or less than you should take the path that he took. Mm -hmm. You know, so quick dropping jewels over there. Oh, no, it was good. It was good. Quake, like, just don't call me Quake. Quake, you're gonna get an idea. I left you alone. I left you alone, man. Just in case. What man, he from the streets of Atlanta? I left you alone. Yeah, yeah, you gonna calm down now. A few minutes ago
Quavius. Quavius. That's the phone there. That's what it's about. It's about Augusta or something. You know what I'm saying? Like no, no, shout out to Augusta. Our people in Augusta ain't trying to chump y'all. You know I mean? <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Go out there. You know no, we got organizers out there. Oh, about, we, we out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We, they, they family. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of nothing real quick. So, so. <laughs> I sure. meant Forsyth yeah, County. But anyway, oh, damn. Where Kamal's from. Oh. But anyway, you have uh, some uh, input on that? I mean, the only thing that I, w- I would say is, is that, you know, I think sometimes as a people, we can be overly judgmental and not fully understand that they're different paths to liberation, mm-hmm. right? And that we have to have different, in some what some people call mental models of that people can see of how do we get to it. For me, it's not about whether he's a billionaire or not, or whether I want my child to be. But will we do what we can to ensure that our children understand what to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the the pragmatic side of being embedded in a capitalist society is that in order for progressive change to happen, resources have to come from somewhere to advance that agenda. Um, And if if Jay-Z is leveraging those dollars, if my child was leveraging those dollars to advance an equity agenda, Hey man, make as much money as you can. But, but, but I think we have to create more, more room and more space for people to show up for us in any way they want to and, 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 and tell them to come on and let's, and let's get it. Um, and if you and if your if your gift was hustling and, and making money and, and working within the system and being successful, so be it. But use those dollars in some way, you know, like our like our brothers, the Koch brothers, in terms of using their money um, to, to, to advance a policy agenda that is consistent with their own values. We've got to make sure that we advance a policy agenda that's consistent with our own. But unfortunately, it's difficult to do that on a level, especially after Citizens United, without money. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta. I mean, and that's the pragmatic side of the work that we have to do. Let's talk about do. that because you, you guys. I mean, again, you guys are well established at this stage in your history as an organization. Next year, it'll be ten years. Yeah, okay. and be you get years. you get resources from a lot of different places, corporate sponsors, yep. and so forth. Yep. Yep. Um, obviously, large foundations yep. and so forth. Um, and so there's, uh, I'm gonna I'm call it like a tightrope potentially that you guys have to have to walk because you talk a lot of black shit here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You talk mm-hmm. about doing stuff black. You talk about getting power for black folks. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I see equity sometimes as a cold word for power. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know what I mean. We talk about getting resources to the black mm-hmm. community, black ownership, black collective ownership, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. We think that's on the agenda right. of right. the white folks who are giving right. that money, right? right? Um, sometimes they're giving money maybe because they feel like they have to give it because uh, they get the tax write off. So maybe mm-hmm. sometimes they actually believe in the idea of equality, right. but they haven't even explored what it means for power to happen. Right. Um, and they're fine with anything that doesn't disrupt what they think they already have. So I'm curious, there's a lot ball up in that, but I'm curious, like, how do you feel like you deal with sort of like a lot of this, but I agree with you, like money, you can't move an agenda right. without resources. I mean, you can't, yeah. I mean, I mean, if people, I mean, now you can of course create your own revolution within yourself and, and focus on your immediate community. But if you're trying to do tectonic shifts in our in our in the structures that perpetuate injustice, it, it's very difficult to do that without real resources. So, how do you walk the line with them? How do you talk to them? How do you make them understand what you're trying to do? Well, I, I think for me, I'm extremely transparent about my relationship with our funders. Um, I don't look at them as 
grantors exclusively. I actually look at them as partners mm -hmm. in advancing this agenda towards justice. Um, and so many of my funders I have very close relationships with. So it's not just about you. Did you write that check? I mm -hmm. mean, many of they're like family to me because mm -hmm. they've been with me since the beginning. And I also think that um, many people uh, are attracted to the courage that is embedded in PSE's work to, 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 to be willing to speak the truth to the funding community because we give the funders a hard time in particular the environmental funders mm -hmm. a hard time the big ones um, and I think that people are really kind of gravitate to that level of truth that we try to tell and the authenticity of our work um, and so we, we kind of co-create with our funding community versus them telling us what to do. And also, we also are strong enough as an organization, even though when we did not have the resources, we don't have a problem saying no to money. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's another one of the issues that some organizations have mm -hmm. is that they're not willing to say no to money when it's not consistent with their values. And I think we've developed a lot of respect from the philanthropic community because they know that money is not driving the work. It is a bigger calling and, and, and they're, they gravitate towards that and, and, and want to be a part of it. And, and I'm just, I, I just feel honored because there are, you know, again, talk about pragmatism and talk about real life, right? Um, you know, during Freedom Summer, um, in the 60s, you had white kids coming down to register people to vote. I mean, I mean, there are many young white kids and, and white folks within the context of philanthropy and in the community that are connected to PSE's work, not because they are because they feel in their heart mm -hmm. that it's the right thing to do. Right. And, and so we really try our best. And, 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 and my staff, they hear me say this a lot, that that equity is a way and not a what, mm -hmm. right? That equity is not something that you do. It's about how you choose to live your life for the people. And I think that in itself um, is a very different way to do the work. And I think philanthropy, in particular national philanthropy, um, I think we had to get local philanthropy more so around our advocacy and really moving an agenda. But because it's so much bigger for us than a campaign, mm -hmm. it's so much bigger than, you know, how many units we can get developed, but it's about a transformation of policy as well as a transformation of people that I think encourages people to understand that this is really about movement building, mm -hmm. right? And not just about, you know, how can I create this bloated, huge organization yeah. that is taking up space and not supporting other organizations that need to be a part of the ecosystem to advance this agenda. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a real authentic relationship that we have. Now, all of our relationships aren't exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have some funders that are bandwagon funders now because, and they wouldn't touch us with a 10-foot pole, but I am blessed to have a core group of funders that are straight ride or die funders and and to be completely honest many of those funders are black women mm -hmm. right and so i gotta shout out our sisters who have been standing with me before the brothers did mm -hmm. I, I i will always say that psc would not be psc if it was not for black women mm -hmm. um and so i want to <laughs> make sure that um i always say that because there was a time well, it was the sisters that were willing to stand with me and 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 and, and, and protect me 
um, when I did when I did decide to stand up, when unfortunately we I had issues with some of our brothers who didn't choose to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's across the board. Yeah. Um, when you're dealing with black uh, organizations, you know, for some reason it seems like the sisters are usually the the backbone, mm-hmm. the forefront, the, yeah. the the side, and unfortunately they're left behind. Yep, they are. And we forget them in the credits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, but but definitely I'm glad that you're able to. Um, you know, stand up and and make a statement, especially in this particular era now, because of the fact that uh, you know you have white women in particular who are making every effort possible to drive that wedge and to say it's about women's rights and say it's about this and so on and so forth. Things that they utilize to advance their particular agenda. Um, I want to talk about community control. Mm. What is your, uh, you know, what is the the how does Partnership for Southern Equity look at community control. We have about two minutes before we break. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it is about ownership. I mean, you know, it, it's it, you know, you you have the ability to demand very different things when you own something versus renting it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even if we boil it all the way down to development, right? You know, it's a difference between us being advocates around the table with a developer um, and wanting to push for a community benefits agreement for the sheer need in terms of policy mm-hmm. than if we were actually part owners in the deal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So ownership is really critical and important, but it's not just about a pyramid system of ownership. It's about how can we create the solidarity economy, right? How can we create economies where it is a sharing economy and, and we're, we're actually giving more people the opportunity to own have ownership in our economy and not have, for example, these big stories of billionaires like Jay-Z, but how can we fundamentally shift it in a way where we have more cooperative, mm-hmm. you know, development, more, you know, whether it be around land or land or, or housing or food. But I just really think that we've got to think more about ownership, but ownership in a very, in a, in, in a more, um, I would even say a new way, a, a way that is more consistent with who we are mm-hmm. as a people, which, in my opinion, is more cooperative mm-hmm. than 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 focused on creating these masses of the universe, individual yeah. billions, gazillion years, and expect for trickle down economics mm-hmm. to occur when that when that's not the case. Okay. Yo, oh, that was hot, yo. So wait a minute, just just opportunity summit. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Who wants to speak on that real quick? What's happening on June twentieth and twenty first? Why should I come? Why should I come, Quan? You should Quay. come. You should come. You should Quay. come first of all. Oh, maybe stop. Let me stop. I, just, I was gonna get started. I'm gonna stop now. I know because I'm, I'm I was yeah. in a roll. My, my man, man, my man just looked at you like. I know. You keep on. You gonna come kill me? Don't kill me, nah, man. man. So I do your thing. I'm just joking, okay, man. Good. Why should I come to this, the just opportunity? I mean, you should you should come if you feel in any piece of this conversation that we having right now. I mean, if you care about equity, if you care about pushing in the uh, equity agenda, you should be in the room. You should be in the room because it's going to be people that's like you, that's trying to get informed. There's going to be change makers that's in the room that can actually get stuff done. Um, I mean, everybody, and, and like I spoke to you earlier, the accountability piece, that's that's the part that we hold. Everybody's going to be in the room from, even from Michael, Michael Alexander from the Atlanta Regional Commission. Um, mm-hmm. 
Bill Hawthorne from the, the chief equity officer of the uh, city of Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. Just some uh, Michael McAfee from Policy League. All the people that have been in the room, they know what PSC brings to the table. Yeah, yeah. And they know that they're coming in the room to achieve something that's going to be actionable. Mm-hmm. That's not just going to be another conversation. It's not going to be just an acknowledgement of a problem to act like we're doing something. This yeah. is going to be something that's real, and that's what we're pushing for. So you should be in the room if you want to see some results that's going to come from a conversation and not just have another conversation. Cool, my brother. Hey, listen. Yeah, I was hot. We're going to invite you all to... Uh, yeah, and also political action. Yeah, and uh, just opportunitysummit.org. Uh, Andre was was lifting it up. If, if folks are interested, go to justopportunitysummit.org. You can also go to YouTube and type in just opportunity summit. There's a there's a dope um, commercial there that kind of talks about the summit and, and what we're trying to accomplish. And um, we just hope to see as many people there as we can. Right. Um, it's about building a, a new world together. Um, and if your hands are not in it, then how are we going to build a world we need for everybody? Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. And I'm going to call you, I'm going to call you Nat Nat for now on. Just like that. You don't like that now? Oh, my God. You go Nat Nat? Oh, cool. All right. No, I said that was what we called. We used to call females Nat Nat. Oh, damn. All right. You know, you Nat Nat, you Quay Listen, man, we got to get to the bottom of this. I know, man. I know. Just stop it now. You know what I'm saying? Yo. I haven't had no shit. What? What's wrong with you? Nat Nat. Huh? You don't like that? That's not cool. My man in here, you say you from the east side of Atlanta. Oh, my bad. I'm telling you from you know, no, you know, I'm, I'm like the gooch. I'm an invisible. I'm, a, I'm an invisible bully, man. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do a lot of talking. Oh. Hey, hey, he said I just look like this. No, so, we gonna be back. I might not be back apparently. We gonna be back. Renegade coach. Yeah, yeah. Renegade coach. Yes, look at the dance. They go through our heart and so many they control our waist and yash, you know. Uh, especially for the women. Because all the day they move their yash, go left, right, up, down, round, around, you know. Every man got to follow that yash. Anywhere you go, you got to follow him because this is an original African movement. Are you ready? Happening, been listening to Renegade Coaching. Yo, we back. Yo, it's Mau Mau and Lange Lange. I like that. That was good, uh, right? Oh, that's good. Nope. Uh, right, I'm gonna give it all up. I'm gonna give it all uh, up, yeah. yo. Uh, I'm Stop. Yeah, no more. Tell you, no more. No, no. No, no. No, no. And hell, no, no. No, we got an important thing. No, no. Saturday. Yes. Throw the folks in. Yes. This Saturday, um, this weekend is our 15 year anniversary of the FTP movement. Um, we have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Our film, the documentary we've been working on for the last 13 years. Organizing is the new coup. Organizing is the new coup. We've been highlighting our journey. Um, you know, we have a number of different folks who are part of the community and folks who are, you know, becoming a part of the community. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've been highlighting and, you know, just it's been a mission. So we've been yeah. working on this film for 13 years. Mm-hmm. This Saturday at the Plaza Theater. We will be doing our screening. What time? Uh, Four thirty, the Plaza mm-hmm. Theater. We have. Y'all got to get some tickets down. Get on yes, t- make sure you get, get your tickets. tickets. You can go, go to organizing is the new cool 
Eventbrite.com or right. you can go to uh, Eventbrite mm-hmm. or you can go to our Instagram page, which is Organizing is a New Cool. We have everybody on this piece from uh, from former U.S. Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney mm-hmm. to Doing Man Tommy high. Ford. Uh, Kamal Franklin. Yes, we have mm, you know what I'm saying? tons of folks. Mm. Tons of folks. So many people that I've been up for about 36 hours. I, I can't even think about who the hell's in mm. it. But anyway, it's going to be an awesome film. Mm. Uh, right. Like I said, that's at 4.30. Then later on that evening, we have a free art show. Mm-hmm. We have over 35 of the top artists in this particular country. And it will be at the Westview Makerspace. All the murals that you see around town in Atlanta. All the... Um, the, uh, the the martyr train uh, murals, Tags and murals. The, the bicycles that you mm-hmm. see painted, all of those artists to be live and direct. That's right. Many of us, many of them are close friends and members of our organization, and um, you know we're gonna have a good time. My man DJ Fifth World will be spinning. So um, you know the way we do our activism, we use what we call the cherry cough drop method. We make it taste so good, folks forget it's medicine. Bam. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, organizing the new cool. Organizing the new cool. Follow us on Instagram. Also, June 20th and 21st, the Just Opportunity Summit. My man Andre, he's going to lay it down just sure. in case Kamal get it messed up. You put him in a trick. Oh, damn, no. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, Dre, Dre. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> I haven't called that since I was 12. <laughs> Don't worry, Kamal's only 11. Go ahead. <laughs> For the Just Opportunity Summit, it's going to be at Morehouse College at the Shirley Massey Conference Center, June 20th through 21st. Um, go to justopportunitysummit.org, justopportunitysummit.org. Tickets are still on sale. We actually do have a code, uh, a 15% off promotion code uh, that we still have active. Just put in the code early bird, all one word, and get 15% off um, to get tickets. And uh, it's going to be a great time, and we encourage everybody to come out and get your tickets fast because tickets are... We're actually getting up there in, um, mm-hmm. in uh, ticket sales. We don't want anybody to miss out on being a part of this conversation that changes the South forever. Yeah. If you care about your community, if you've been involved in your community, if you want to do some real hardcore organizing, meet up with other folks who've been doing this work for like decades, this is the place you need to be on the 20th and 21st at the Just Opportunity Summit. There's not going to be nothing else like this for a little while, so yeah, I really need to come out and support this. Also, Renegade Culture Podcast will be broadcasting live in New Orleans on June 19th. Holla! At the Black Star Cafe. Drinks in Along hand. with our sister, Sonny Patterson. Uh, one of the greatest poets of our era. Wow. Um, we have a whole lot of folks are going to be going be falling through um, down in New Orleans. So make sure if you're in that particular region, check us out. Black Star Cafe, June 19th. We'll be broadcasting all day. Um, if I don't throw Kamau off the plane before Yo. we get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Both of us. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and some final words from our guests. We can folks find out about your organization, what you guys are up to. Yeah, you can uh, go to www.psequity.org to, to learn about the work of the Partnership for Southern Equity. And um, we just we just want the community to know you know, we, we all sit around at barbershops and, and, and have these conversations about, you know, King is dead or these people are right. dead and there's nobody, there's nobody or no no individual or no organization that's out there trying to, you know, push and advance the work. And for me, just to have an opportunity to say, actually, there are people out here that are trying to make a difference. And PSC is a part of that. That, that group of, 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 of organizations and leaders that are really trying to keep things alive 
that is really an honor for me to, you know, in terms of me being able to be here to just tell that story and, and say unequivocally that we do exist. We are driving the agenda and we would love for you to be a part of it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Nathaniel awesome Quay. Dre, yeah. thank you all for coming out. Partnership with Southern Equity. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Uh, Dre, Dre, he was <laughs>